Am I freezing? Did I freeze? A little. Yeah, freezing a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it just We're popped good. up. It just We're popped up now. and said I'm unstable. Well, the, my internet oh. connection is unstable. <laughs> no, <not laughs> is that me. it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoop's Journey. I'm thrilled to be sitting down with someone who has not quite set the record for um, most emails back and forth to try to get guests to uh, be with us. But this young woman has been super busy with her life, which we have to respect and appreciate, has just come off finishing exams and has been really focusing on the academic side of things and pursuing life after basketball, which is kind of cool and we'll get into. If you're a West Coaster, you know the name. If you're a national team follower, you know the name. And if you're a WNBA follower, you know the name. If you were to go down the record books of Simon Fraser women's basketball, which I did a couple of days ago, yeah, (laughs) there's everything. There's points, there's rebounds, there's field goal percentage, there's field goals made, there's all all Americans, um, you name it, it's there. Someone who Coach Langford recommended that we should get on and we're excited to have from a, a little place called Kalamalka, which I'm interested to get into, the AA champs of 2009, all the way to Europe, Australia, the WNBA, and now finding herself giving back to the game, which I think is really cool as an assistant coach with the women's team at SFU this year. We have none other for episode 101 than Miss Niall Rankok Akunwe. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. And um, sorry about all the back and forth emails, yeah. but uh, we're here now, right? <laughs> had to give you a hard time. It is truly our pleasure. And this is the thing, you know, being someone who's a teacher coach with a family and trying to like juggle everyone's lives, this is what happens. And when we get our opportunity, it usually ends up working well because it just feels like it's kind of the time that it's supposed to happen, you know? Reflect on back on your last few months here. You're you're into the coaching game now. You're mentoring and working with young women who were you not long ago, and you're back in school and uh, you know doing the what do they call it these days the daily grind or whatever. How, <laughs> how's all that going? And how are you? Are you ready for a little bit of pause? Um, oh, the yes. next yeah few days here. Yeah. Yes. So it has been a hectic uh, past four months. I just completed my last semester of my undergraduate studies. So it's very exciting. But I was also coaching the SFU. Yes. Yes. Round of applause. I was also <laughs> coaching um, the SFU women's basketball team, as you said. So full-time course load, coaching, some volunteering on the side. And yes, like you said, it's just so nice to finally be done and and breathe a bit and relax. Now, I'm just going to make a big assumption that at some point you've experienced being on the other side of the ball, but what's it like to be at a pretty high level on the other side of the ball? Has it been an easy transition? Obviously, Bruce is, as we would say on the show, a triple OG. Um, And, (laughs) you know, he's a unique, a unique individual and, and, um, a guy who really cares about his players and former players. So how's the experience been, you know, sort of just, are you a person who dives right in? Do you kind of sit and observe a little bit? Like what's your go-to when you start on campus those first few days to, uh, to help out with the team? Yeah, I think um, I'm very lucky to be able to assistant coach with Langford. He mm-hmm. is one of the best coaches I've ever had. And to be able to, you know, learn from him every day and, and take in his philosophy and, and way of, coaching has been I think very beneficial for me and in the initial weeks of coaching back in September I did 
take a very, um, you know, kind of quiet approach. And I was just observing and, you know, observing from the back. And now I think I'm getting in the the swing of things and being a bit more vocal and, you know, talking to players one-on-one, which I didn't really know how to approach in the initial um, stages, which I think is normal. It was my first Mm -hmm. time coaching at this level. I had coached, you know, young, young girls at camps, but never at this level. So I'm, I'm, you know, getting in the swing of things, getting, getting there. But I think I still have a lot to learn about coaching. Yeah. And have you learned more about coach Langford in that time? Like, are you seeing him in a different perspective or by the time you were a senior, did you have a relationship where it was like walk in the office, talk about anything, or are there some things that you didn't even know that you're learning? <laughs> um, by my senior year, I felt comfortable walking into the <laughs> walking into the office. Definitely in my first... whether he liked it or not, or what? Yeah, yeah. well, no, he, no, he's I'm, always very open to yeah. uh, chatting and and um, sitting down with players. But in the first couple of years, I I didn't feel not com- I was comfortable around him. But you know, as you get older and more mature, you can you know go up and have a conversation. So nothing's mm-hmm. really changed with regards to our relationship. But it's definitely definitely been an interesting perspective, just being on the sidelines and observing and and um, not being on the court. Because when you're on the court, you're just, yeah. you know, you're zoned in. But on the sidelines, you can see everything. So it's been interesting seeing how he works with his players because it's yeah. very different from a lot of other coaches, as I'm sure you know, you've worked Excellent. with him. Mm-hmm. He's, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. For sure. And is is coaching something that you see yourself doing or is it kind of just, this is your pocket of time right now, you're enjoying it, you know, it works well with your schedule and, uh, you know, see what the future holds for you? I would like to continue coaching. It's an interesting question because I don't know if I would like to coach at this high of a level, this, you know, where there's pressure, where there's intensity. <laughs> I I want to have fun with it. I want to you go know, to Maui. Yeah, I want to go to Maui with um, some kids and play in a tournament. And if we if we lose, it's okay. We had fun, but yeah. I don't know if I want to coach at this level. Cool. To be honest, yeah, I just want to have fun with it. Well, it sounds like right now, like your scope is wide, right? And you've got you know your future ahead of you. But I've been coaching high school for about eighteen years now, and some people have said, "Have you thought about it?" And I, that's all. I give the same response. I'm just, I don't know. I enjoy working with just younger people and teach their own, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's still pressure to win and pressure to perform at the high school level. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about, but yeah, I just want to have fun with it. Well, let's jump right into it. How does someone like yourself, your upbringing, sports in your in your life. I know that you were, I believe you were born out east, but how did you end up in Vernon and, and talk about growing up kind of in a, in just a smaller community and how basketball kind of came into your life and it started to uh, just really be a, a big identity of who you were? Yeah, so I, I bounced around a lot when I was younger. So I had an interesting path to get to the West Coast. Mm. So I was born in Toronto. Let's see. I moved to Vancouver when I was eight years old for my mom. Um, She wanted to do her MBA. So we moved out all the way out to UBC, lived there for two years, went back to Toronto 
Oh, so you were on campus at UBC. Yeah, we were yeah, in the family okay. housing. It was a cool. good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my little first taste of the West Coast. And then we moved back to Toronto when I was 10. And I started playing. That's when I started playing basketball. I remember growing up and going to the Raptors games with my dad. That was my first kind of taste of basketball. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 10, 10 years old, I was like, oh, I want to I want to play basketball. This is fun. And at the same time, I was playing soccer, volleyball. I was running track, softball. I was doing it all pretty much. Um, yeah. And then it wasn't until I think around 12 years old where a coach said, hey, you should try and commit to, to basketball. You should leave the other sports to the side. And, and I think that was a good idea at the time. You know, I think at, at a certain age, you have to narrow in and and focus in on on the sport on one sport some people would you know object to that and say Mm -hmm. multi-sports are the most beneficial way to go but yeah around 12 years old I narrowed in on basketball and then why did you feel like that was the right thing because you had lots to learn and grow or you just were so into it or I don't know I'm just curious yeah that's a good question I think Mm -hmm. um I think I was able to commit a lot more time to basketball because I think I was a bit of a a late bloomer. I think a lot sure. of other kids started a whole lot earlier than me. Um, some kids are starting, you know, five, six years old and it's, <laughs> I couldn't imagine that, but good for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a bit of a late bloomer. So I think having that ability to focus in on one sport was beneficial for my situation. And then I think I was 14, 15. I tried to get onto, you know, the provincial teams and, and it was called center of performance back mm-hmm. then. Is it, it's not called yep. center of performance. Is it still CP? Yeah. Okay. But it's changed. Yeah. Something's it's, changed. How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> it's just basketball BC's model has changed quite a lot in terms of how many full-time employees they have. And so I, I feel like the, what you received from a coaching and program standpoint, not knocking anything, um, is probably just a little more intense, right? Because it, you know, the where we're at with the club system right now, so many kids are doing so many other things. Whereas, like you, probably you're not that old. Don't be offended, but just sort of, um, you know, it was kind of basketball BC, and then maybe there was a couple of opportunities if you didn't play provincial team, right? So they still do know. offer that, but the model has changed a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I tried, this was back in Ontario, tried to get into, you know, the CP, the provincial teams. I didn't make any of the teams. So that was a bit of a blow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kept on trying. But it's hard in Ontario. There's just such a large population of players. Yeah. And it's so competitive. And when you start a little later, like I did, it's, yeah, it's yeah. looking back, it's normal. <laughs> and so did you, at that young age, did you understand that that was part of the process that I know maybe I'm a little bit behind. I'm going to go for it, but it may not go the way I want. And even if it doesn't, I'm still going to, you know, or were you kind of like naive and like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this. I'm like, it's me, you know, or. I, I was a little naive. I, I didn't, you know, I told myself I was putting in the work. I was getting better. You know, I was doing okay at tryouts. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is a big blow to my confidence. This is very disappointing. But then. The move to BC when I was 16, my mom got a job in Vernon, British Columbia, a good job. So we picked up and moved to Vernon and that was in grade 11. So not an easy time to leave. 
<laughs> no doubt. And go to the small town of Vernon, which I have a lot of love for. Do you know Vernon? Have you been to Vernon? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yep, of course. It's a nice little place, but there's not a lot going on, you yeah. know? It's hot in the summer. <laughs> hot in the summer and, and you... <laughs> dead in the winter yeah <laughs> but um but it was no, no disrespect quite... no disrespect no, you're not saying no. anything that nobody knows but i mean in terms of where you're at and then going there it's like and being in grade 11 the transition of being a young woman and trying to find your spot where you're fitting in socially you make connections you you know you've got a group of friends and then it's like yeah. you know you understand your mom is trying to do the best for you and her mm -hmm. and provide but at the mm -hmm. same time, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts for sure. Yeah, not an yeah. easy transition. But looking back on the transition, it was actually very beneficial because I came to BC a lot, you know, a lot less of a basketball population, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I was able to Listen, showcase. Can I, tell, can I call a timeout here? <laughs> yes. You don't have to dance around your words. No one's going to be offended. I can tell by the smile you're a very nice person. You can just say flat out, we all know Ontario is a way more dominant basketball province than BC. You're living it and feeling it. That's okay. <laughs> those, are just, those are cold, hard, a hoop's journey facts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we okay, will, we'll I will co sign it. with you. I got you. We'll say it. Ontario yeah. is a powerhouse. Yeah. BC. Especially when I, that was around 2008, seven, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we were, we were not, BC was not. So yeah, fair. I tried out for the provincial team and I made it yeah. and having that, you know, ability to play at that level with, with an amazing coach, Bruce Langford, to be able to showcase my skills. Mm -hmm. I think it was very beneficial in terms of progressing my basketball career yeah. um, and getting exposure in the States to other universities mm -hmm. uh, that I don't think I would have gotten back in Ontario, to be honest. Mm, really? Well, I don't think I, you okay. Think... I would have joined a club team for sure, yeah. but I think to get on the radar of, of national team coaches of good universities, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's changed though, because I think now it's more club team versus provincial team, isn't it? And this is what I'm saying, right. With the, with the basketball BC, like, when you played, what, the tryouts were probably right after BC's. Mm -hmm. uh, your team starts working out on the weekends. You're coming down on the weekends. You're billeting or something with someone, you know. Now, mm -hmm. teams get picked, but then they it's almost like national team model. They train for a couple weeks before nationals because all these kids are playing and committed to their clubs financially and time-wise, right? Mm -hmm. And so, very, yeah, so same idea, right? Then that's kind of... You know, with the CP thing, they recognize that too, that these kids once were out of high school sessions, there's a lot going on, way more than, you know, even when you were playing, you know? So, yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the the big move out West, I yeah. think it helped my basketball career a lot. And then, of course, going to Kalamalka, had a great coach, Coach Dolcetti. Mm -hmm. We won a provincial double-A championship, as you said. And yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Represented Kalamalka High School well. And then, yeah. Did you feel that? Did you feel that small community sense, though, when you a small community like does that? I feel like it's a pretty big deal. You know, like mm. you're coming back on the bus and like probably there's a lot of pride in the local papers and people probably were very proud of your guys' accomplishment in terms of being able to do that. It's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. And um, the provincial championships were up at TRU. So just a there you go. You know, couple hour drive from, from Vernon. So we had a good crew out 
Um, my dad came out from Toronto and it was, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Very cool. And so as you're working through all this, you know, kind of socially, physically, whatever it is, athletically, um, and the recruiting process starts to happen, how are you starting to filter through that? Or was it like, I had actually should have, you know, dug deeper. I didn't know that coach Langford was your provincial team coach. You know, how, how did all that go? I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm going to guess you're going down to the States and there's interest, you know, you're a big athletic player. You know, I was talking to Winston Brown today, was telling me how you're pinning shots off the backboard, uh, from his team, you know, blocking some shots and (laughs) pinning them off the board. So, you know, you, you're, you're separating yourself a little bit athletically and and with your skill set. So how do you filter through that recruiting process and what does that look like? And how do you figure out that SFU is the place for you? Yeah, I had several offers um, from schools in the States. And interestingly enough, I never went on a recruiting visit. No. Um, no, I I think uh, Langford being the provincial team head coach had a, a big impact mm-hmm. on the decision. I actually knew quite early on that I wanted to stay in Canada. Wow. I wanted to stay close to my mom in Vernon. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a good education. And yeah, I, I had heard a lot of, uh, not not negative, but kind of, yeah, they weren't shedding a positive light on the U.S. schools. There you um, go again, you're dancing, you're dancing, okay? Listen, we... <laughs> You, I should just be straight up. I yeah. I don't I don't like to talk down. To no, no, no. <laughs> but it but it I know you probably haven't had the opportunity to listen to too many episodes. We've had many people that have played Division 1 down south and honestly it's a total recurring theme in terms of how it's like a total meat market and it's mm. not that great and you know some guys that I played high school with went down south and they were like the education was just it was different, right? It wasn't not, they weren't saying it was bad but it just mm-hmm. they didn't feel as challenged and things like that. So you're not you're not saying anything and it's, and it's personal individual choice, right? Some people, mm-hmm. their goal and dream is division one basketball, right? Yeah. That's what they want. Sounds like you has ha- had a more of a whole perspective in terms of, I want high level basketball where I'm going to be challenged. I want to win, but I also want to get educated and mm-hmm. feel like I can hop in a, on a Greyhound or a quick flight and be home and see my mom. So yeah, you're allowed to That's have what it was. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I can't and, keep summarizing uh, it up for you. Okay, come on here, step okay. up. No, From I'm just now kidding. on, I'll be straight up. You will no, get but it's the true. Whole it's true. <laughs> Many people who have just like transferred or had bad experiences didn't feel connected. Yeah. Didn't have a coach like Bruce who who made them feel like they were part of something and just they felt like they were a number in a system. And I mean, I don't think that's a secret to anyone, right? Yeah. When you when you're going down there, so. And when you, when you look back and you see the stats and the numbers and the success team wise, not only individually, but team, who's going to say, ah, no, I really think you made the wrong choice. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think, um, I knew that going to SFU is going to be the place where I would grow the most and improve my game the most. And just having worked with Langford, uh, that summer, I knew that's, yeah, I knew pretty early on that. See how you frame that. There you go. That's, that's the, that's the whole honest truth. So, but it's no true regrets. for the young people listening to the show. Cause we, you know, we do have some young listeners is like the place that I can grow the most and develop the most. There's something to be said for that. Right. Yep. Yeah. That was always the goal. Were you always like an analyzer like that? Cause I think that's, that's pretty unique at 17 or 18 to be thinking that way in terms of, 
you know, I think some people just when they're getting recruited, maybe go to the shiniest thing or the most playing time, or it sounds like at a young age, you had this sort of whole global perspective of, I want to be the most well-rounded Nile that I possibly can, which is, I think at a young age, kind of unique. Was it always like that? It wasn't. It wasn't. Hmm. Looking back, I uh, it was a very mature decision, and yeah, <laughs> um, and I wasn't as you know, I didn't have a the best worldview, and so I kind of honed in on things, and I didn't make bad decisions, but I didn't make you know, I was a typical seventeen year old. I was, I did look at the shiny things, but for that, for my decision of where to go, that was a good, mature, well thought out decision. <laughs> And I mean, and when you think about your hoops journey, like, look at where you are now, Yeah, right? You're full circle, you're, you know, you're right back to where you, so it's kind of cool. So it is, it yeah. is, it all worked out. And talk about that, those first days on campus coming down the nerves sort of, you know, even though it's still close, it's not Vernon, you're up on the hill right? Getting used to uh, the campus, the the Mm -hmm. fog in the mornings, whatever it is, right? And the practices, the level. I mean, you know, Bruce has done an amazing job with his program each year in and out. You know that, you know, there's no guarantee in terms of minutes or anything. And so kind of being able to prove yourself. And so talk about that whole kind of freshman year and what that was like. Oh, yeah. Freshman year was a struggle. I I did struggle a lot. It was a big transition. We did 6 a.m. practices. So I was up at 4.45. Ish. Five, like speed, yeah, five-ish. I would push the alarm clock as far as, as I could. And oh yeah, I struggled balancing basketball, um, a sleep schedule, academics, and uh, playing at a level I had never, ever played at before. We had an amazing team. Yeah, coming in as a, as a rookie was tough. It was very tough, but... Uh, made it through the first year and then the rest, it, it was pretty smooth sailing. And how, what were some keys in that freshman year? Was there a teammate? Was there a moment? Like, what was it that kept you going? I had two fellow rookies that I think if I didn't have them, I would I would not have made it. Christina Collins and Carla Wyman. Great, great women. We um, are friends to this day and they... <laughs> There were days when I didn't wake up for a 6 a.m. practice, but they, you know, they wouldn't go to the gym without me. So I, I owe a lot. I owe a lot to them. I, I love that. They listen to this one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah, tell we'll them t- I gave them a shout out and they'll, they'll have to listen. <laughs> we'll find them on Instagram or something. We'll make sure yeah. that they hear it. Yeah, yes. that's cool. And that's something to be said for too, right? Like kind of just, it, it's something to have a, you know, a, a senior influence, right? But their experience is well gone from where you're at in those moments. Right. And so when Mm -hmm. you have two or three women and teammates that it's like, we're living this every day and like walking back from practice going, God damn, that was tough. (laughs) What are we doing? You know, and and it just sort of, it makes you feel. And and I think in life, when we feel like when we know we're not the only ones going through it, it helps Mm -hmm. us to be able to get up every day and keep fighting. Right. And um, it does. Yeah. We were in it together and I think it's so, important so crucial to have a good um a good you know rookie crew almost if um that you can you know support each other mm-hmm. because there are a lot of ups but there are inevitable downs in your first sure. year of basketball and what was the toughest like was it was it going from obviously showing up to practice at Calamalco with a with a, a spirit and wanting to compete but knowing that you could do whatever you want 
as opposed to going to SFU where it's like, I got to battle every single day, right? For the minutes that I get, or was it the grind of lifting morning school? Like what, what was harder? Was it just, was the whole package? (laughs) (laughs) I think the hardest thing for me was actually the basketball IQ side of things. Mm. I think we had, you know, at Kalamalka, we had a few set plays Mm -hmm. and then we go to SFU. Coach Langford has a book this thick of our plays and our, and our, um, you know, values and you're expected to learn it all. Mm. And I did not, (laughs) I was trying to study and (laughs) pass my classes. So yeah, it was definitely just that the intellectual side of things on the court knowing his systems, knowing what we were trying to do. Yeah, we ran motion. And in theory, motion is quite simple, you know, pass, cut, fill. But there were a lot of nuances to his motion. <laughs> that You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, oh, I struggled. I really struggled with that. Do you think he recognized that struggle? I think he did. Yeah. I think he did. I think mm-hmm. almost every other day he said, you need to learn your plays. You need to learn your plays. You need to get um, in the dining hall with the salt and pepper shakers, five salt and pepper shakers and and move them around the table <laughs> like players. So he recognized that. And, mm-hmm. and it's almost the same thing now. I'm seeing it with our rookies. It's an interesting perspective. They, you know, it's natural to struggle with it. So yeah, just overcoming that was my biggest thing in the first year. And so cool that they have you as a resource now, right? Someone mm-hmm. who's been there and someone that they can, because sometimes it's, you know, especially as a rookie, it's uncomfortable to go into that office, right? Like you said, by your senior year, you were good with it, but you're probably not going to coach's office like, hey, I don't really know what's going on because all you're doing is trying to impress, but they got someone like you who they know. It's cool that they at least, at least in the back of their mind, they know they have a mentor there that, that that's in their corner. And, and you're right, that freshman year, Sometimes it's just head above water, right? Like we're oh, just yeah. trying to float, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope they know that they can they can come to me and I and that I'm approachable and I want to help them because um, mm-hmm. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. not too yeah. long ago. Not too long ago, she says. Yeah, no, you're not that old. That I, I uh, it was ten years ago. It is. Isn't it crazy how it happens? Oh Don't my even gosh. get me going. Yeah, insane. I did have a hairline before, but. Um, <laughs> And so, so then from there, like things just go crazy, right? Talk about some of those years, those teams, the moments, you're obviously not going to talk about your own personal numbers and and stuff like that. Those speak for themselves, but how about those memories for, for a four year career at SFU and just sort of, I mean, wow, like pretty cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. Pretty unique experience in that we I started my first year. We were in the CIS, the U Sports, and uh, we won a national championship. And then... The was that, year, did you go undefeated? No, no, we lost one game. Okay. Yeah, but we were... How we, dare you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's okay. We won it at the end. That's all that matters. 100%. No, I'm playing. And yes. in the second year, we transitioned to the NCAA Division Two. So going from the best in our country to not the best in NCAA. <laughs> we, we lost quite a few players. I think we had eight players in my second year. And yeah, we didn't win a lot. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of success. But, um, you know, by my third and fourth year, we were finding our rhythm in the NCAA and we had a good team. Yeah, like you said, putting up good numbers, which was, I think, a testament to my work and also the coaching staff 
and knowing how to mold our team to be what we needed to be. Yeah, by the by the end of my career at SFU, we were a pretty strong team in the in the GNAC, the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Do you recall like what the conversations were like when the transition happened from CIS? Like, I mean, because it, it must have been, I mean, from the coaching staff down, it must have been pretty overwhelming, right? It's kind of totally unique, totally new. The road trips change, like everything changes. So how did you all sort of, you know, you said it wasn't a very successful season, but how did that season go? Like, do you recall any of that? Those conversations? What did the AD come in and say, this is what it's going to look like? Or it's because it's a unique experience, right? Like you talk about going from, you know, almost running the table and winning the natty to like, okay, now what, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of excitement surrounding the move to the NCAA. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of skepticism too at the time about how much success all of the teams would have. It wasn't just, you know, the basketball program. And I think a lot of, we weren't the only team that really struggled that first year. So it was an exciting time. And I think it's still very exciting to be the only international school in the NCAA. It's still a very cool title to have and, and it makes us unique, but we did struggle. We did struggle yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And what was the locker room like? Did you have a good group? Were people willing to fight through it? Was there some controversy? Was it tough? Like, did people did people just, you know, fight or flight? Did they flight? Or, or was it like, you know what, this is what we're in. And for yourself too, like, what, did you ever think about transferring? Or was it like, no, I'm all in and I'm stuck in and we're going to do this? Oh, no, we had a great core group. We had, um, yeah, some really, really good women. We were in it together. We, we weren't going to abandon each other. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know Bruce Springsteen? Do you like Bruce Springsteen? Who doesn't like the boss? The boss. Yeah. Do you like Bruce Springsteen? Who, who doesn't? The boss. Yeah. So Bruce Langford loves Bruce Springsteen. I think he mentioned and, in the episode he's seen him like 112 times live or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that wouldn't surprise me. But yes. um, the song Badlands became our theme song. So we were in the Badlands of the United States. <laughs> and we were, you know, talking about a dream, trying to make it real. Those are some lyrics from the song. And that became, you know, our core, our core um, motivator. We were in the Badlands and we were trying to fight, (laughs) fight to get out of these Badlands. So we were in it. We were, we were fighting, um, trying our best, you know, with I think seven or eight players in a a tough league. All American leagues are tough. They, they're scrappy. They're aggressive. No, it was fun. It was very fun. Good. Throughout this process, you going into junior, senior years, at what point do you think to myself, yourself not myself there might be an opportunity to you know move on after this professionally like when does that conversation come around you does it pop in your head does someone say it to you or because i mean your numbers you're killing it like you know it was my third year at sfu where i thought okay maybe i can set my goal to play professionally maybe i can set my goal to be a national team player in my so up to this point there was no national team interest at all 
There was. Yeah, okay. uh, it was always in the back of my head, but mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was going to be a reality. Sure. I didn't know if that was something I could, you know, actually achieve. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I made the um, developmental team, developmental team, yeah. Um, and we went to the Fichu Games. So that was uh, in between my third and fourth year. So that was my first experience on the national team. Amazing, amazing time. We've and had then... a few guests that have played on that and they've said Ooh. it was super cool. It's very fun. Yeah, it's like a little yeah. mini Olympics. It's, yeah, that's, it's yeah. really a, an amazing tournament. Where was yours? It was in China. Nice. Yeah, it was a very, very good time. Cool. And <laughs> then senior year came around and I got a sport agent and said, hey, I want to play professionally. Can we make this happen? And I got a contract to play in Switzerland. So that yep. was my first, my first pro experience. And in Lausanne, Switzerland. It we were, were the Lausanne. worst team in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I think we won two or three games. Really? Yeah, we were bad. But did you get lots of burn? Ah, yes. But I, you know, I scored about twenty-eight points a game. So that's kind of sometimes what you have to do. You have to go in on a bad Sorry, team. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 So that. So if people you are know, you listening, this is pro basketball. I don't care how bad you are. <laughs> You heard what she said, right? Everybody's listening to this. Yes. Carry that's on. Sometimes what you have to do if you're not from one of the big Div 1 schools is you go to a league that not, is not very strong, such as yeah. Switzerland. You go sure. on a team where you know you can average very good numbers and that will propel you to a better situation sure. from another team that sees these numbers and says, oh, okay, let's give her a chance. So that's exactly what I did. And yeah, every year I kind of, climb my way up this professional ladder um mm-hmm. in europe for everybody that doesn't that you're not going to see this they're just going to hear it that she had a devilish little grin as she was talking about switzerland <laughs> there it was kind of like yeah smart mm-hmm. though I mean, and to talk about the pro game different right like mm-hmm. how's the team dynamic are people all about themselves like if you're on a team that's not great like what's it like I and mean, you go from a culture of what you've just had for four years right Talking about Bruce Springsteen, I don't know. Is Bruce Springsteen even <laughs> played in in the locker room in Switzerland? Probably not, right? So, oh no. <laughs> it's, at some point, you're about team, but you also kind of have to be. I don't know. If selfish is a bad word, but you're like, I need to look out for myself and kind of stay healthy and hungry and get my numbers so mm-hmm. I can continue, like you said, move up the ladder. Right? It's a it's a total different perspective where you're at SFU in your junior year. You're like, I'll make that extra pass because we're going to get the win tonight, and that's going to move us up the rankings or win the league game, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, it's very makes sense? true. It, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And that's something that you have to have playing mm-hmm. professionally as a selfish mentality, unless you're, you know, at the top levels in Europe, Euro league, um, Euro cup, where a big part of the game is ball movement. But if you're on not such a strong team, you're going to have a couple players that are expected to drop, you know, 25 a night. And that was something I didn't love about my first two years in Europe. Is really? I, I was expected to, you know, take the ball down the floor every time, get it in the post and, and score. It wasn't, it wasn't teamwork. It was a lot of one-on-one. I don't have a selfish mentality. I like to create for my teammates. I like to, yeah, I don't like to just come down and shoot. To score within the flow and yeah, 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 no, interesting. And that's, 
good perspective on the jump from, you know, collegiate sport to, to, to the pro game, right. It's, it, mm-hmm. it changes things. And like, actually, this is what we expect of you. And it's like, okay, super and uncomfortable. I think some but people would thrive just, with that. Some people yeah. love it, yeah. <laughs> but it was not for me. Sure. Sure. And then which one do we want to go with first? Like, do we want to talk about Olympic experiences or do we want to talk about WNBA experiences before we uh, have some fun questions for you? Oh, well, let's see. Olympics came first. So 2016 Olympics. Yeah. Rio de Janeiro. That was my, I want to say third year with the national team. So still pretty new. Mm-hmm. with the team are you rocking um, the mad love i thought i saw the mad love right i yeah. am there you i go. am rocking the mad love nice good eye good eye yeah so an amazing experience olympic games are like nothing else just a great time we didn't perform as well as we wanted to but still mm-hmm. i think we represented canada well and then uh, the 2021 olympics in tokyo were a completely different experience the COVID olympics crazy so, right we had, Kim, we had Kim on the show, right? So okay. talked a lot about that. She had a pretty unique experience and yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty interesting. I think it was very cool that um, upon reflection, I think it was cool that the women kind of broke ground before the men, to be honest. And we, mm-hmm. I mean, the men still haven't actually broken the ground yet, but uh, I just think it was the, in terms of where the world was and and the timing of the women's team just sort of taking over was dope. And we're not even close to supporting and sponsoring and doing the things we should for the women. Like I, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother podcast, but we can get into that if you want. And I'm sure you felt that, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool for the women's game to sort of have that opportunity to step into that spotlight before the men and like I said, oh, still haven't, sure. you know, and, yeah. and, and I know it wasn't you, that wasn't your all teams approach or anything, but just in terms of looking back and where, you know, like we've had ACE on the show and sort of just, nice. yeah. And just, I, I, I thought it was very cool. So yeah, um, I think it gave us, and I, yeah. And I thought you did a great job of representing our country and still do. And the mad love and all that is it's super dope. It's cool. It's very, yeah. and, it, and it's uh it almost makes kind of the men's side go like, when's our turn? Like, when are we going to do it? You know, like a little bit of jealousy, which is cool. Yeah, uh, we're yeah, giving them the push hungry. that they might need to to get to that level. Um, but I think it, it did give us the attention that we needed to mm-hmm. kind of propel us onto people's radars. Because there is, you know, the risk of us being overshadowed by the men's team. So I do, <laughs> I do wish them success. And it would be so amazing to have two Canadian teams at the Olympic games one day. And I think it will, we will see that sooner than later, but, um, you know, being able to be the only Canadian team at the Olympics, not the Paralympics, but at the Olympic um, games was uh, very special for the women's program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge Mm -hmm. sense of pride and well-deserved and well-earned. And um, I wish they'd do more for you, to be honest. You know, we're getting there. We are actually. And I I think it's all, I, there you go with the climb again. Yeah, I the agree. The ladder, always climbing up the it's ladder. True. That's... It's true. <laughs> it's true. What was it like? Which ceremonies did you go to? So we never went to the opening uh, okay. ceremonies because we always yeah. played Timing. the next day. Yeah. Fair enough. So we went to the closing ceremonies in Rio. There were and? No... Oh, great. Talk about this and like the feeling of you look back, like you have those moments where it's like Toronto back, UBC, Toronto vernon like and then you're you're standing in rio and you're like i'm one of the best athletes in the entire world 
it's yeah, be such a such a cool. special feeling very yeah. special feeling um just to be in the pack of all the other canadian athletes and athletes from around the world the best athletes it's it's an indescribable feeling and yeah my my best memories are with basketball and specifically at the olympic games amazing mm-hmm. love it why would they not be yeah pretty unique pretty yeah unique. so cool and like from an outsider's perspective it just felt like and maybe i'm totally wrong and you we can delete this out if i'm wrong but the teams that you played on just seemed so awesome like there was a real care and just love for each other and a genuine like and you don't i'm sure you don't find that like you played on enough teams we've been all Mm -hmm. but it just seemed like they were good people good leadership good followers were good role players. Like you need it all at the Olympic level, right? You may, mm-hmm. you, and you might not even have the, the 12 or 10 best women in the country playing. It's who's the best mix. Right. And I think we got a sense of that, at least from an mm-hmm. outsider perspective. Am I wrong? You are uh, completely right. We mm-hmm. all enjoyed playing with each other. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any drama. We didn't have any people, you know, whispering, Oh, I think I should have played more. And that's, that was common and very common on the pro teams that I played on in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all knew that we were there for a common goal to achieve, um, you know, success and represent Canada well. So I think the coaching staff and, you know, Denise Denyard, um, the director of the women's side, they always did a good job of making um, that environment very positive and, mm-hmm. and creating a team that wanted success and yeah. was going to do anything we needed to do that. Yeah. And I would say I sensed it. That's cool. Mm, yeah. It's good, good to know that it's I'm true. I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was evident because <laughs> yeah. it really is true. It really is true. That's some, that's a big um, value of mm-hmm. the women's national team is we all enjoy each other and we all enjoy playing um, for Canada. And probably a big reason for you why, you know, subconsciously it's some of your best moments and your best moments, like you said, right? Like just because mm-hmm. of the people that you were around, right? Yeah. You know it I mean? makes made, a difference. Yeah. For sure. It really does. And then talk to us about uh, WNBA. Wow. Yeah, WNBA. It, like, how does that happen? Because it's like you go from kind of undrafted playing a little bit and then, you know, a different sort of path to it. So it, I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah. A you, very you... different path. So mm-hmm. I played for two seasons um, with the New York Liberty. And um, I was a 27 year old rookie in the WNBA. So, quite uncommon <laughs> but um, did they make you do like rookie things did you have to go get oh, the starbucks and stuff yeah i i got really? rookie rookie hard yeah you're like listen i'm a grown-ass woman like don't be play- <laughs> like don't be playing with me i'm pretty easygoing so i you just, don't say i just went with it like, <laughs> yeah just took it in stride but um oh yeah i got this i got the starbucks i carried yeah. the the medical bag whatever Was um, there a lot of self-talk you're bigger yeah. than this now you're better yeah. than this it's okay you'll be fine <laughs> it's a short season <laughs> it's a short WNBA season so I made it so well um, framed I love it yeah so <laughs> the path of the WNBA I I had a good Olympic Games mm-hmm. in in Rio and my agent had reached out to several teams in the WNBA showcasing, you know, what I did and what I could bring to a team. So I got invited to the New York Liberty training camp with Bill Lambier. And 
never been <laughs> I was intimidated I can't lie yeah. I, I was quite intimidated but um yeah made the who team wouldn't be who wouldn't be <laughs> right it's one of the biggest goons of the all time in the NBA yeah yes and what was yeah. that like it was a challenge it was probably mm. the you know, we talked about the rookie year challenge. This was yeah. an even bigger challenge. It's, mm. it's, um, I think the highest level of basketball in the world mm-hmm. and lots of high expectations. You have to mm-hmm. be on it every day. There's no slipping because it's essentially a business. And yeah, it was a challenge, but it, uh, definitely made me grow as a, as a player and a person. <laughs> patience, my patience. How so? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, the patience, the the grit, the overcoming adversity, I had to fight for minutes. You know, we say, were yeah. we were fighting among the other forwards to to play. And there's some games that I just didn't play. And then the next game I would, you know, play 10, 15 minutes and mm-hmm. you just never knew. So, yeah, mental toughness. Mental toughness was a big part of that. I think that's for any player in the NBA or WNBA who's not when you, you know, the starting five, you never, you fight, you have to fight. Yeah. And like anybody that makes it to that level has probably been a stud on their team. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. to go to that next level and you're like, all right, well, I'm looking at there's, there's at least four girls here on this team that are making way more than me and are not going anywhere or even five or six. Right. And then it's like, I'm got to find my, thing within the rest mm-hmm. interesting like it's a total shift right and there's there's not there's not a lot of jobs available in those leagues right no, and yeah no. challenge mm. i think there's 144 spots in the WNBA, Ooh. and you are very replaceable mm. <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah she says with it's a giggle, pretty yeah. cutthroat but yeah sounds like mm. it was hard your tone your it tones is. change yeah yeah, it was. I it was an amazing experience. I got sure. to you know live in New York, one of the best cities in the states. I got to travel around the states. I got to practice against Tina Charles, one of the best uh, players in the world, every day. That was that. You like? know, learning how to defend her just improved my defense exponentially. So yeah, it was good. It was a good challenge. Were some of the athletes willing to share their secrets or was it like, how, what's that like? Is it, is it you figure it out for yourself? I guess it depends mm-hmm. on the team and the teammates, you know, and the culture. It definitely depends on the team. I mm-hmm. think New York had, we were, you know, a close ish team, but at yep. the end of the day, everyone went their separate ways. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of uh, cohesion, like with the national team or with, the SFU team. So I was, yeah, kind of in it alone and just navigating that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think back if there were any other rookies in my position. No, I was one of the only older rookies. So I was mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, navigating it on my own, which was fine, but that's how it is. And then when did you know, like it was, did you get cut or was it time to just walk away? Like what was, what was your process mm-hmm. from there on out and then getting to where you are now? Yeah, I never got cut. So mm-hmm. I got, I played the two seasons and then mm-hmm. I was going to go back and try for a third season. And then I, I didn't want to miss the national team summer. I think those are summer before the world championship. So I said no. And then the next summer I said, I just prefer playing for the national team. Why would I? a whole summer yeah okay it's good good basketball but 
I enjoy being on the national team 100 times more. So yeah. And that was just for me. And when everyone listens to this, well, they'll be able to pick up on that with your tone of voice. Yeah, great <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate the pause. No, I appreciate their perspective. I mean, you're not, it's not like you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, I was in the WNBA. You're just <laughs> like, and again, time out, pause. Many people on this show who have mm-hmm. made it to WNBA, NBA have said like, it was cool, but man, playing in Europe was pretty dope too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so... I think it's it's an interesting perspective and good to hear and and yeah. to each their own, right? Yeah, um, that's the honest truth. But... I think it's so dope that you preferred to play for Canada. I think that's awesome. Oh yeah, I choose that any yeah. day, any yeah. day I choose it. I know it's hard for some of the other uh, WNBA Canadian players. I think you have to choose almost sure. if you're going to represent your country or just or show up for, you know, the last week before a major tournament, it's a very tough decision. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they could do both. They would, but yeah, unfortunately the timing overlaps. So. And then when did you know it was time to just walk away? Like we talked about off. Well, we were online. I'm not sure if Corbin, our editor will put it in, but just sort of, you you said something to the effect of like the real world or the next world or something (laughs) like when in your heart, did you know it was time and and why Mm -hmm. was it your body? Was it your mind? Yeah, it was a a bit of a combination of both. My knees weren't doing well. I was missing life at home. I just wanted to give myself a break. So I I did decide to retire in um, past June. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have any regrets. It was the right decision. It was the right time. And my body thanks me. My mind thanks me. I get to see my mom more often. I finished my degree after 10 years of start I started back in 2009 and I just finished my undergraduate degree so it's a it's a good yeah it's it nobody was a good needs, decision nobody needs to count numbers I I expanded my <laughs> education degree into seven years too so it's okay, oh, okay. it's fine we yeah. all we it's all normal school will always be there for us which is um we're very blessed to have that as a high school teacher I tell these kids I say like what are you in a hurry for mm-hmm. you've got your whole life to work you graduate at 22 or 25 or six, it won't mean a thing. Yes, that, right? Exactly. You got to live exactly. a little. Yeah. Let's do some fun questions and we'll get you on your way. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Did you look these over? I, uh, yeah. I, I She's lying. Them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you, you've talked about your mom a little bit. Who have been some of the most important people in your life? Is there anybody that you've missed that you can think of? Oh, well, of course, my mom. She's yeah. uh, she's number one. And I think Coach Langford has been a big mentor and a role model in my life. And yeah, I, I owe a lot to those people um, for who I am today. Those are my nice. two biggies. Okay, there we go. Books or movies? I'm going to go with movies at the moment. It it changes though, it fluctuates. Okay. Yeah. You like to read a little bit? I do. I've not been able to. Because you're school. reading the other things. I'm yeah. reading uh, intro to bio statistics textbooks. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Riveting. Okay. So is there something you've watched recently or is there like a top three for you that you can go back to? Like tell us, tell us more, tell the people more. Mm, okay. I really like the Goonies. I could always watch the Goonies. <laughs> Just puts hey, me in a good mood. You guys. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're an old soul. I love it. Come it's a, on. It's a classic. It is yes. a classic. Wow. Um, yes. It's a, it's a good one, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like the young kids don't know about it, too, which is a shame. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> they don't know. Goonies, people. Goonies. <laughs> the Goonies. Anything um, else? Or is there something you've seen recently? Is there one that you're like, curl up, blanket, fire, kind of just, this is, ah, uh, you know? What do you got? Not that I've seen recently. I can always watch Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be my my kind of comfort comfort m- movies. Okay. I'm a big Potter head. And what else? I'll tell you a movie I want to see Black Panther. I'm going to oh, go yeah. see that in a couple of days. Except I'm you got to take a mortgage out to get a into a movie theater nowadays. I Holy know. Free. You got to smuggle the <laughs> smuggle the peanut M and M's and whatever. I know. <laughs> it's wild. It's a treat. It's a it's a big treat. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hundred and one episodes. Not one person has mentioned Goonies. So way to go. Well done. Oh, there we go. Well it's done. Time to happen. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? Oh, I put ketchup on everything. Eggs, macaroni, grilled cheese. I love ketchup. College student people. Sorry. Forgive her. Know, no, right? I'm kidding. No, I've got enough. my ramen yeah. right here back in the, the college <laughs> life. But no, ketchup belongs on everything. Fair enough. Are you not a ketchup person? Oh, no, I am. I am. Just not oh, on okay. macaroni. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Grilled cheese, I'll do it. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, ketchup's tough to say no to. Yeah, I feel exactly. I feel that. I feel that. Who are some of your... And this is always a tough one because people don't want to leave people out. But like, do you have some best teammates or an all-time teammate team? Mm-hmm. Or are there some people that stand out for you that was just like really good connections? Yeah. I already mentioned two, Christina Collins, Carla Lyman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A third would be uh, Mary Lynn Petit. She was also an SFU teammate. And if I had to choose a national team teammate, it would be Miranda Aim. There you go. He is a wonderful human being. Nice. <laughs> and uh, is always there for anyone who needs help. So I think that's four. Yeah, that's my that's my all all teammate team right there. There you go. Love it. Okay, you finish school. You're like, I'm going to break the diet a little bit. I'm going to watch a movie, but you're going to get a bag of chips. What are we rocking? We're rocking with ketchup chips. Lay's? What do you got? I don't care. Doesn't matter. Just put just some ketchup, ketchup on it. <laughs> okay, no, I people... think they're just so special because you can't get them in Europe. And they just became a very coveted special thing for me when I came back home. Fair. Uh, for my pro season, so ketchup chips. <laughs> Not that you needed to explain your answer, but we appreciate oh, that. Okay. That's a very okay. good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had the ketchup Doritos? I haven't. Give them a go. They, okay. they come and go. They're not always on the shelves. I was going to say, I've never bit, seen that before. It's a different twist, but yeah. But hey, I feel you on the ketchup too. Okay. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Okay. Uh, dead or alive, artist, doesn't matter. You got the best seat in the house, best venue, taking your mom, whoever, important person. Who are we going to see? And if you can't nail down just one, give us a few. Concert. Oh. Okay, we are going to see Beyonce. Yes, you are. Yes. The queen. The queen, Queen yeah. Bee. She is very much alive, so I hope to go one day. Oh, haven't um, been, hey? No, no. Okay. okay. No, this is a dream. I think she's such an amazing performer. And, and I love her music. person, and... my God. In person. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope that'll happen one day. I'll make it happen. Yeah, you will. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can choose more. Yeah, sure. Give it. I just, I want to know a little bit more about you. Come on, give us okay. two or three. Come on. Let's, let's maybe go to Ed Sheeran as well. 
Oh, yeah, okay. switching it up a bit. And um, maybe let's also go to the weekend. Now, that would be a good one, too. Yeah, maybe The weekend and Ed. Who's the headliner? <laughs> well, they're both, they both are, and maybe they could do like a little, I don't know. Little Back and duet. forth. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Special remix. Okay, fair. Love it. That's a, that's a wide variety. I like that. Well yeah. done. Eclectic taste in music. <laughs> there we go. Okay, last question. Pressure is, though, you have to help us here. So who's someone that you would like to see on a hoops journey? Got a good story, good person, someone that you think would, you know, people would like to hear, um, but you've got to help connect us. Oh, and they have okay. to be on the show within six months or less. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Have you had Kia Nurse on yet? Love to. Wanted her for episode 100. Kia Nurse, come on. Kia, what are you doing? Wait. She's just broadcasting the Raptors games right now. Come on. What are you, <laughs> you going to tell us you're one text away, right? Oh, I am. Okay. I mean, if you reach out and I reach out, I don't think she'll be able to say no. <laughs> You've heard it here. I mean, come on. Kia yeah. Nurse. Double Let's team. go. I think that'd be great. I think she's got a very interesting story. Um, started young on the national team, you know, doing what she's doing now. Tore ACL last year, came back. Oh, she'd be great. You need her on here. I mean, what am I going to do? Say no? Yeah, of course. You're saying all the right things. You're saying all the right things. Okay, let's make it happen. Yes. Yes. And on that note, do you have any last thoughts, reflections, ideas, anything you'd like to say before we let you go and you can start your Christmas holidays? Oh, ah, last thoughts, last thoughts. Enjoy it while you can because, you know, your basketball career isn't going to last forever. Now that I'm in retirement, I do miss it a lot some days. And yeah, just enjoy every minute and don't take it for granted. If there's a women's league out there in the lower mainland it, wanting to pick you up, would you be willing to? Oh, yeah. I'll yeah, hobble okay. up and down the courts at yeah, half right. speed with my wonky yeah. knee, but I'll Yeah, right. I'll they can walk it up. <laughs> they can walk it up when you get on the block and they can throw it in. Yeah, just put it put it down on the post and I'll turn and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you on behalf of our show. Thank you for being with us. Like I said to you at the start, it's important to get good, powerful, fun, dynamic women on the show too. We need more. So if you can find a way to get Kia, obviously she's one of the goats. So mm -hmm. of Canadian ball. Mm -hmm. But uh, as a high school coach, I was a you know, starting out my high school teaching career when I saw you come along and reading the articles from Howard Samura and it's cool to see your growth and development. And like we've talked about full circle, you being on the bench with SFU, I think it's a, just such an amazing story. Thank you for everything you've done for the game, for, for women in this country, for young girls to look up to you and uh, the time that you gave to our country. And now you're giving back to the game as a coach. And that says a lot. And so on behalf of our show, you know, continued success when that degree is done, get that master's, move on. Yeah. Um, good things to come because you, you can just tell you've got a good vibe and, and, and you're a good wholehearted person. So we wish you nothing but the best. So thank oh. you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. <laughs> good. I hope you had a good time going down memory lane. Um, say, hi to, say hi to coach for us. And, uh, you know, if you ever need anything or know, you know, you need a gym to come get some jumpers up. I got a nice high school gym. So uh, I'll we'll be in touch. Thank Pre you. Pressure's on though, kid. 102 Kia nurse. No, I'm just kidding. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
enjoy your holidays. <laughs> I'll be you in too. I'll be in Maui with my SPF uh, 60. Have a great time. Yeah, right. Cheers. <laughs> Lather it on. Thank you. got you. it. Thanks to our listeners and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for supporting A Hoop's Journey. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can find us on social media at A Hoop's Journey and on our website, ahoopsjourney.com. Thank you to our guest, Nayo Rinkok Ikunwe. Thank you to our sponsors, ATO Basketball Merchants, Parkside Brewery, and Good Lad Clothing. And we'll see you on the next episode.